Thanks so much for taking time out of your day to join us here on The Clark Howard Show, where it's all about you and your wallet. Hope you learn ideas from me that'll help you keep more of what you make. Coming up later, I got a secret. There's a way your cable company rips you off that you can stop today. I'm going to tell you what you need to know and how you can save money instantly. Speaking of saving money, I think how many calls I get now about online banks, online savings accounts, and I want to dial back to last December. I was uh, on the air on radio and TV one day in December of last year, breathlessly talking about Robinhood, the stock trading app for your Android or iPhone allows you to trade stocks for free, that Robinhood was launching a 3% checking account. Well, the 3% checking account lasted two days because regulators said, not so fast, Robinhood, because Robinhood thought that it was offering a fully insured checking account and it didn't fit the rules. So Robinhood has just relaunched not a full-fledged checking account, but they have launched a savings account that pays a little over 2%. No minimums on it. You just earn 2%. And you can get a MasterCard that is a spending card against it if you or somebody who has a hankering to use those debit cards that terrify me. But it is for people who have Robinhood accounts, of which there are a huge number of people now who do stock trading with Robinhood, that you're in a position where you are able to put money aside that you're not investing and earn on it And with an unusual twist, what killed the Robinhood account last December was that it didn't offer FDIC insurance. This one has FDIC insurance of $1.25 million. Now, how did Robinhood do that? Because maximum per depositor is a quarter million dollars. So if you're lucky enough to be someone or you've worked hard enough and you've been able to build up a million two hundred and fifty thousand dollars are just sitting there and you're like, well, what should I do with it? And you put it in the Robinhood account. You will earn the over two percent interest with the ability to grab your money whenever you want. And what they did is they followed the playbook of something called CDARs. They aren't using CDARs, which is a program, a private program, that allows you to spread cash you have over multiple institutions, and you're getting a quarter million from each of them. So Robinhood has five banks that have joined them in offering these spending accounts and savings accounts, because there's a spending account and savings account in one, and you get the FDIC insurance. Credit Karma, 
And by the way, Robin Hood's on wait list right now. Credit Karma, and I've already had one call about this, Credit Karma launches their savings account that they're going to be offering to Credit Karma account holders, of which there are 100 million, starting a week from now. And with the Credit Karma account, you're going to earn a little over 2%. That seems to be the big starting line on these. And obviously 2% when the giant monster megabanks are paying nothing is quite a deal. And Credit Karma is offering FDIC insurance up to $5 million. So if you're sitting there with millions lying around like Joel is, Kim has billions, so for her it's more difficult. But if you have these millions of dollars, they'll all be insured, and they're doing a similar kind of idea to how it's being done by, um, by Robinhood that they're spreading your deposits around to multiple institutions if you're sitting there loaded with money. Carolyn's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Carolyn, you have a question for me about your mortgage. How can I serve you with that? Well, I have a mortgage with one of those big banks. I don't have a checking account, but I do have a mortgage. And I was just wondering, should I be concerned? No. No. If you're with a giant monster mega bank for your mortgage, the biggest risk is not dishonesty on the part of the mortgage lender. It's incompetence. Okay. And so what kind of mortgage rate do you have? 3.75, and it's a VA. That's uh, a fantastic rate, and thank you for your service to our country. Okay, thanks. So, Carolyn, with that VA loan, you want to keep it just as it is, but there's something I'd like you to do after we talk, and that is go to your computer and print out what's known as an amortization schedule on your VA loan. Okay. And what you're going to need, you already know your interest rate, you'll need the exact balance on the date the loan was issued, the original date that the loan started, and for free on the internet, just just Google or whatever search engine you like to use, amortization schedule, and you'll be able to print out a chart that'll show you what your balance should be every single month. Okay. And, and then does your giant monster mega bank, do they send you a monthly statement or only an annual? Monthly. Great. So every month when you go to pay that loan, you'll just be able to look and make sure they're reflecting the balance properly. Okay. Now the big problem comes not so much month to month. The big problem comes if a loan is sold. And when a loan is sold, that's when often the mortgage balance will be messed up and my experience always not in your favor that they'll show that your balance owed is higher than it should be so that's where the beauty of getting the monthly statements and then being able to check them month by month against that amortization schedule you print out that's the truth serum and you'll be able to make sure that the lender is behaving exactly as they should and again the thing with balances has never been specifically because they were trying to cheat you it's just been because they're not any good at what they do at the big banks okay 
Um, one thing Thank I want to so tell much. you, I see now which Giant Monster Mega Bank your mortgage is with. Okay. Be very wary. This bank will push you very hard to buy a horrible product called mortgage life insurance. Okay. And what mortgage life insurance does is it protects the bank in the event you die and make sure the bank gets paid off. But what's really awful is that the premiums on that insurance are 10 to 30 times what life insurance should be, and you're paying a premium way beyond normal to insure the bank, not your survivors. Okay. Have they been sending you those pitches that you've noticed? I do it online mostly, and so I don't really get too much advertisement. Oh, good. Good. Okay. Because that's a piece of junk you do not want. And good job with that 3.75%. Thank you. I think so, too. (laughs) Terry is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Terry. Hi, Clark. How are you today? Great. Thank you, Terry. How can I serve you? Well, first I want to thank you and your team for all the great advice and information you give us. And the best part, the price is right. <laughs> so we've been getting your $50 a week, just like we're supposed to, right? Uh, yeah, I'll send the check tonight. Oh, perfect. <laughs> so, so, Clark, I wanted to ask you about a robo-advisor. It's a third-party company that has a service that'll do rebalancing as well as uh, working like a target retirement fund. And it works almost exclusively with 401ks, 403bs, and that kind of thing. It's got a fee of $10 a month, which certainly seems reasonable. When I started going through a free trial sign-up, I got to the point where I need to put in my 401k credentials, and I got a little nervous. So I just wanted to ask you if you've heard anything about these. or Yeah, yeah, and, and I've actually talked about Bloom before, and I need to explain the spelling because it's really weird, isn't it? Yeah, there's three O's. So, and there's also another company with a similar web address that has the normal two O's. So you got to type B-L-O-O-O-M dot com. And what they do is they'll do a, a checkup on your 401k for free and tell you, you know, your allocation's great or your allocation's too conservative or whatever and they'll recommend an allocation for you, and they'll do that free. And that's the teaser to try to get you into their system where they charge you $120 a year, $10 a month, to check out repeatedly your 401k that your employer offers and suggest allocations to you over time. So there's no danger I know of and whether or not you use them and give them access to your 401k. Because they're going to have to look at it dynamically to see if the allocation needs to be changed. And the truth is, people usually don't devote enough thinking power or enough time to what their 401k is invested in. The great part about it for me is, is just that. It's the rebalancing, and it's also uh, changing the allocations because i got about 10 years before I retire. And, and, and the thing about the reallocation is inside a 401K, just as inside an IRA or a Roth, 
there's no tax problem from doing reallocations, rebalancing. So uh, the only thing I'll tell you is NerdWallet did a review of this and said they tried uh, different people's 401, you know, had different people try their 401k, and their feeling was, especially for people close to retirement, that the recommendations from Bloom were too aggressive. Okay. And that's not my opinion. I don't know if it's accurate or not, but that's what I remember NerdWallet saying in their analysis of it. So you don't have much to lose if you do the free check and with being 10 years out from retirement, if they make recommendations to you that are 100% stock type choices in your 401k, that would answer that question for you that it's too aggressive. Yeah, and and reading through their intro there, they do allow you some room to move the slide one way or another if you feel they're too aggressive or too conservative with the choice. So I, I think this is... This is fine. I mean, I think that most people really do need some kind of checkup, which is why I like the robo-advisors that have become so prominent, because a lot of us, either because we're busy or because this stuff just is like hieroglyphics to us, having a robo look at what you're doing and make suggestions or make changes for you, I think is very valid. All right. Well, thank you very much, Clark. I appreciate it. You sure. Have a great day. And let me know if you do sign up for this and use it, if you don't mind in a few months calling back and sharing your impressions about this one specifically, about Bloom specifically. That would be wonderful. Sure thing. Thanks. Have a great day. Norm's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Norm. How you doing? Hi, Clark. Good afternoon. I'm doing fine. Thank you. And thank you for all you do. Well, you were kind to say that, Norm. And you have a question for me that has been on people's minds forever. And it's kind of a two-part question. It's about gasoline. And the first question is, is there a real difference in the quality of the gasoline between the big brand name companies and, let's say, the discounted brands? In my opinion, no. That I think that... um, Gasoline, you know, a lot of times it goes to tanker farms and different companies will go to a tanker farm to get gas. They may add some additives to it as they deliver, but, you know, states very tightly control the quality of the gasoline that is sold in their state. And they're not going to be able to sell gasoline that is junk. Having said that, the industry has a rating that is called top tier. Have you ever seen that at a gas station on the pumps? Yes. So when you see top tier, it means that the operator of that station has agreed to have their gasoline go through additional testing to make sure that it meets a bunch of standards for purity and quality. And that is something that some people will draw on, but it has nothing to do with whether a station is an oil company station, an independent uh, discount outlet, convenience store, doesn't matter. Good. 
Well, the second question is, when you're standing in front of the pump, you have three choices. You've got the basic and then the mid-range and the premium grade of gas. Is there a real difference, because there's quite a difference in the price, between those three? Almost all vehicles and any vehicle sold since, I guess it's 1996, unless it's a specially designed performance vehicle, will run on regular gas. Okay. Even if the owner's manual recommends premium, you don't need premium. The recommendation for premium is usually so they can advertise higher horsepower on the vehicle. But even Porsche says you can run any of their cars on regular, even if they would prefer that you run them on premium. It's my pleasure to welcome you here to the Clark Howard Show, where it's all about you and your wallet. I want you to learn ideas from me so you can keep more of what you make. Clark.com is our main website, and our bargain site, our deal site, is ClarkDeals.com. This is a Clark Howard ripoff alert. All right, we got to talk because if you get internet service from a monopoly cable company, and that's how most people get their internet service, the cable monopoly doesn't tell you if you sign up on their website, doesn't tell you on the phone all the customer on. Uh, well, I won't call them customer no service workers because you're actually signing up for service. They're happy to talk to you then. They're all trained to make it sound like, and the website's all done in a way to make you think that when you sign up for internet service from the cable monopoly, that you have to get a modem from the cable company. And they rip you off to the end of the earth. Most of the cable companies charge somewhere 10, 12 or so dollars a month for a cable modem that you can go buy for 40 to 60 bucks. One time you pay the 40, 60 bucks, you're done. And then you're saving. Minimum 120 a year supplying your own modem. If you've already been ripped off by a monopoly cable company and you have their stinking, rotten, lousy rental modem, go to their website and they have lists. All of them have lists. You'll have to search in the search box of what modems are compatible with their internet service. And there are lots of them. Like I bought mine at Costco Wholesale. And it was on sale when I bought it. And mine I think was like 59. I got a really fancy one. It goes really fast. Anyway, there are speed requirements that are necessary. Uh, usually you want to look for something that has this weird term that will work for most any of the monopoly cable companies, DOSIS 3.0, D-O-C-S-I-S, that's what I had to get. And I saw that when I went to the cable company's website when I was signing up, and I had to, I had to go through contortions on the website 
to not have their modem. I mean, they really want to rip you off on the rental thing. Don't let them rip you off. Another thing, if you get television still from a cable monopoly, they may quote you a really cheap price for the TV, but it's before their endless junk fees. So you could be in a TV package that's $59 a month and have additional junk fees of over $40 a month. You're much better off streaming television through one of the streaming services where you don't have to pay any of the weirdo, rotten, terrible junk fees that the cable monopolies charge if you get video from them. Clayton is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Clayton. Hi, how are you? Great, thank you, Clayton. Got a question for me about engagement. Yeah, so uh, I'm in the market for the ring. Congratulations um, to you. (laughs) Thank you. And, uh, yeah, it really just started with several questions in my head. You know, I've got some time on this, so the number one thing that popped into my head was, when was the best time to buy? It was something I had kind of started researching, actually back in, like, January, February, but just now I've really gotten more serious about it, and what I'm seeing is that there is no best time, but maybe you can You are correct. (laughs) Right, so... Okay. Is the woman you're getting engaged to going to be part of the shopping or are you going to surprise her with a ring? So it's been a little bit of both back in January, February, when it seemed a little further off, we actually talked about it a little bit. And now that I'm getting closer, I'm kind of shutting that down to keep the surprise element. But between that and enlisting the help of her sister, I have gotten pictures of several different types. So I've got a, I think I've actually got the setting already picked out if I'm being honest with you, but, um, uh, But the big money, depending on the size of the ring you're getting, the big money is the diamond itself. So when you say setting, you mean the jewelry the diamond will sit in? Yes, sir. Okay. All right. So can I just get straight to cheap with you? Okay. And this is something you, you may not be interested in. Maybe it is something you'd be interested in. But I hear from people who buy diamonds at pawn shops, that they are able to get a much better deal than traditional retail diamond sellers. Is that off the table? Uh, Nothing's really off the table. The one thing I will say is, and it's funny, I'm I'm just kind of OCD when it comes to these sort of things. So, you know, as soon as I really started digging down, I spent like two days when I should have been, you know, doing work and other things. Uh, just doing nonstop crazy research. And the place I found, and really one of my biggest questions for you today, is um, about insurance on the stone. Because, you know, she's essentially picked the setting at this point. I feel like, how could I do better than what she has literally already told me and or her sister that she wants? So, you know, it seems to be about the diamond at this point, which that's what you're talking about now. And the place I'm looking at offers as part of their warranty, uh, to cover the center stone if you get from them. And I'm really wondering what kind of a value is that? You know, when obviously you can self-insure, and I really just have no clue, like, what, what is that? What price what, point what diamond are you? Lifetime? Give me a sense of price point diamond. I'm looking at, uh, for about 5000 on the diamond. 
All right, so you hit 5000 I want you to have your own insurance policy. Do you own a home or rent? Yes, I own a condo. All right, so with your condo insurance, you can add on coverage for the, her stone, and mm-hmm. I want you to do it that way. You don't want to accept coverage that would come from a jeweler because jewelers come and go. Okay. So don't value what they're saying. Oh, we're going to insure it for you, which is only a promise, you're better off with your own policy that you know is really there and you're paying the premium on. Okay. Also, I like for you to compare diamonds using the online sellers. The Mm -hmm. largest and most controversial of those is Blue Nile. Have you looked at them? I have, uh, and I've spent a lot of time on another site as well. So I, I like that. I also am a huge fan of buying diamond, believe it or not, at Costco. And that's where my wife's diamond is from. Okay, yeah, I've actually uh, read that about you. <laughs> Let me tell you the advantage of buying at Costco. Sure. I mean, if she doesn't like it, you can bring it back, and no questions asked, they give you your money back. Normally with diamond sellers, when you buy it, you own it, and the, the most they'll ever do for you is let you supposedly uses a credit towards something else in the store, but they always get funny about that. Mm-hmm. So I love that you can return it for a refund. And Costco, because the most they mark up anything in the store is 14%, except Kirkland Signature, which is 15%, you know you're paying extremely minimal markup in an industry that normally has significant markups in it. Mm-hmm. So I would compare, once you have a sense of clarity carrot weight that you compare what you can do at blue nile another online seller costco versus what you're looking at at the place that intrigued you with the pseudo insurance Mm -hmm. but because you're buying the diamond you're going to surprise her with it i love the idea you buying at a place that gives you the right for a full refund which you know, most of the online sellers give you that right for a period of time, too. Mm-hmm. So, just a thought. I saw Blue Nile had 30 days. Yeah, so think about the advantage of that. If she, uh, you know, she's going to be excited you've gotten it for her, but if she's really looking at it, a woman, when she first gets an engagement ring, stares at it and stares at it and stares at it and then stares at it some more. And if she doesn't love it, then you have the ability to return it and get her what she loves, which is what you really want to do in the first place. And congratulations to both of you. I appreciate it. Thanks. Sure. Amy is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Amy, you have a car buying question for me, don't you? Yes, I do. Thank you for having me on. Certainly. Um, I have a daughter who is 19-year-old. She's a sophomore in college, and she is in desperate need of a car. Um, for the past two years, we have said we are going to help you buy a car, and we have had our own car issues and are not in a position to help her buy a car at this point. Um, we, uh, we had to buy a new car two years ago that we're, you know, we're making payments on. My husband had to buy a new truck, not a new truck, but replace his truck two weeks ago, and we paid for that one outright. Um, but, you know, we have a home equity loan that we took out about two, a year and a half ago, and so... I just don't think that we can go to our bank and say, hey, can you give us yet another loan, please? (laughs) 
And well, so, they very well might lend you the money, but the question is if you should anyway, because it sounds yes. like you've got a lot of obligations there. Well, that's our concern, you know, because we've worked really hard to try to uh, get rid of some some debt, and, and we're getting close. You know, we're paying off some, some bills in the next month that will help our, our credit rating and so forth. But we're wondering, as a 19-year-old, would it make sense or be a bad decision to help her get a small loan for, you know, no more than $5,000, and I'm even thinking more like a $3,000 car um, where we would co-sign on the loan to help her establish some credit that we would actually probably be making the payments, you know, for her. Mm, not especially. <laughs> you're creating complication. Yeah. I like the idea that you're thinking extreme low-cost car because for a 19-year-old the Mm -hmm. cost of insurance is hideous right and you want to buy a car that you can just walk away from if it Mm -hmm. was totaled in an accident where she's only insured for liability okay so i have a big bias in a situation like you described with her having what people used to call a beater car just mm-hmm. a car that looks awful, or maybe it's had body damage over the years or whatever, but will just get her to and from. Yes. And mm-hmm. that you, you know, finding a reliable car as a used car, mm-hmm. the odds go down as you step steadily below $10,000. But it yeah. doesn't mean you can't find a reliable car or one that would be reliable enough for let's say fifteen hundred to two thousand dollars, mm-hmm. and so if you look at vehicles that are older but have shown a good record of reliability, you're going to have mm-hmm. decent odds of, especially if you have it checked out by a mechanic of your choosing, that you're going to be able to find something that's ugly to look at but beautiful to your and her wallet. Right. Right. And I think we have found one that, that fits that bill pretty well. So How much is it? It's $2,300. It's That's 19, it. You got yeah, it. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a brand that uh, the person who owned it is a mechanic, and so he's taking care of it, which is great. And it's well, not that, beautiful, but yeah. That is exactly the right answer. And then you don't even have to likely fool with the loan, which is the best answer of all. Elaine is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Elaine. Hi, hi. Elaine, you're looking to help your granddaughter. What's going on with her? I have a 25-year-old granddaughter who is now working, and she wants to obtain a first credit card. She's not had a credit card. And she's asking for advice as to um, the kind of credit card and the um, stipulations that she should look for in getting that card. So getting a first card is not easy because she does she have any prior credit history that you know of, like student loans? Not that loans I know of, not that I am aware of. So if you have no credit record at all, very, very hard. And so there's a best path I can recommend, and then I'm going to offer a family path too. So the best path, if she's got to do this all on her own, is to go join a credit union that offers what's known as a fresh start program. 
Okay. And they don't all use the term fresh start. They may have their own name for it, but they'll know what that means. That's where they help someone who either has had a history with bad credit, reestablish good credit, okay. or help someone who's never had credit establish their first credit. Okay. And, and so, is, is that um, obtainable only through a credit union? I'm not aware of any banks doing fresh start programs. That's okay. something historically that has been an offering of credit unions. And not every credit union offers mm-hmm. fresh start type programs, but it's uh, at least a majority of them do so. Okay. Now, the other alternative is you could add your granddaughter as an authorized user on one of your accounts, but not give her physical possession of the card. Don't even give her the number. And that will help her establish a credit record, you know, a good credit history Mm -hmm. to draw on moving forward for applying for cards regularly. Okay, so that means the only thing that would show up would be what I have done with that card? Yes. Okay. So you have to have good credit yourself. Oh, yes. But if you have good credit... You just add her as an authorized user. You'll need her social security number to do so. Okay. And then in about six months, she should have, based on your good payment history, she should have enough information there with a good payment record that not every credit card you have will report authorized users to the credit bureau, but it's common they do. Okay. And she should set up something. Have you ever heard me talk about credit karma? Oh, yes. Uh So she should set up a Credit Karma dashboard, and she'll be able to track what's going on with her credit standing from you having added her as an authorized user. Okay, okay. So the book answer is she should go to the credit union and do the fresh start. Uh But if you want to give her an extra family push, you make her the authorized user. But in no uncertain terms, don't give her the card. All right, perfect. Oh, that's so helpful. Thank you. Well, I'm so glad I was able to be of service, Elaine, and I hope you have a great day. You're listening to The Clark Howard Show. Thanks for joining us today. The Clark Howard Show is produced by Kim Drobes, Joel Larsgaard, Deborah Reese, and Jim Ayers. And remember, 24 hours a day, we're there to serve you at Clark.com and ClarkDeals.com.